we're going to talk about an open door. And it's not just for the church. I believe it's for you. I believe it's for your home. I believe it's for your family. This door thing, the more I got into it, the more I realized, oh, my goodness, I could probably preach 10, 15 messages. There's just so much to this. And it's not just about what the Scripture says. It's about what the Lord is saying to the church today. I, listen, I believe we're entering a time of transition again. Um, and really not just for our church. It's for, it's for the whole country and maybe the whole world. There's really something going on. And we, we really need to start getting ready for this. And it, it, I think the thing that grieves me the most is the number of people in churches in America that don't even realize it and, and are unwilling to change because they're just comfortable in their ways. And basically, they're just going to grow old and die. We are in the last month of the Jewish year, year 5,777. And in just a few weeks, we'll be in beginning the new year. Rosh Hashanah will be blowing the trumpets, 5,778. I, w- I want to share something prophetic with you. Now, now listen to this, all these, you know, the, the, the two hurricanes, the massive earthquake in Mexico. I heard there was, I heard there was a, a tornado with a lot of destruction in Crestline. What, we, what we're not thinking about is the eclipse that what that came on the first day of the last month of the Jewish year, which if you're a Jew, it's very significant. And anything to do with the moon has to do with prophecies to Israel. But they believe, they believe anything to do with the sun has prophecy that has to do with the nations. And anyone who sees a, a sign or wonder of the sun that nation God's speaking to. So which nation did the eclipse happen over? Not just part of the U.S., but it came all the way across the United States, right? Wow. So I don't know exactly what it all means, but I want you to hear what I said because we don't, we don't think about, you know, where it started up there and somewhere on Seattle and it ended up in somewhere down Florida, then it went out to sea and out across uh, the path of it anyway. They didn't see it out there, but the path of it went across the ocean. And here's the thing. The two hurricanes that hit us so far, they were already there, right, coming across the ocean. They were already there, and the exact path of that eclipse went over those two hurricanes. The eclipse went right over those two hurricanes. I, I'm pretty sure the third one was out there, too, and it went over that one. You know, there's another one, and they think maybe it'll go out to sea. I'm going to rename Jose Mercy. Sometimes God just says, watch this, and he's just going to take a sudden turn and go out into the ocean. That would be a blessing. That would be mercy. But God's really trying to get our attention again. So I, I really think... Uh, you know, the Jews are getting excited because they're beginning to think Messiah's coming. He is coming very soon. So we got to get into this open door and understand what, what the Lord's saying to us. So we begin in, in the book of Revelation. And let's, let's go to uh, chapter 3 and, and verse 7. And he says there, and, and to the angel of the church of Philadelphia, 
How many know there are seven churches that he writes letters to? Some people think there are many. Those were actual, actual churches back then that he wrote actual letters to. But those seven churches also represent uh, times, uh, historic times in the church. And right now we're in Laodicea, the last one, the very last church. Uh, that, that's another sermon for another time. Uh, each one also is a message to today's church. But listen to what he says to Philadelphia. These things says he who is holy, he who is true, he who has the key of David. He's got the key of David. He who has the key of David, he who opens and if he opens, no one can no one can shut it. And shuts and no one opens. No way. No way. Oh, someone ought to be shouting right there. There's just no way. If God opens a door, there's no devil in hell that can shut it. And if God shuts a door, leave it alone and leave it shut. Amen. Next verse. I know your works. Yes, he does. He knows our works. See? I have set before you an open door. And no one can shut it. This is a word to the church. For, listen, I've opened the door. No one can shut it. Why? Because you have a little strength. Hello, America. You have, America has, American churches have a lot of money, but not much strength. Not much spirit. Beautiful buildings, but not much spirit. I, we have, you have a little strength, but you've kept my word and have not denied my name. Wow, 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 wow. Verse, next verse. And then he says, and to the church of Laodicea, the next church. This is church 6 and church 7. Right. These things says the amen, capital A, the faithful, capital F. And the true witness, T.W., uh, the beginning of the creation of God. Wow. Whoa, my, 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 my. I know your works. There it is again. I know what you've done. He doesn't sit there in heaven and criticize us for what we haven't done. He says, I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. You're kind of lukewarm. By the way, if you don't believe me, go home and drink several glasses of lukewarm water and see what happens. Blah. I, I, I could wish you were hot or cold. If I had a choice between a hot church and a cold church and a lukewarm church, the lukewarm church would be the last of the three that I would want to pastor. So then, because you are lukewarm, neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Not because he's being ugly, but because the because parts of the church are making the body sick. Oh, just go ahead and go ahead and take it. Go ahead and take it. Because you say, why are you lukewarm? Because you say I'm rich. I've become wealthy. And oh yeah, I'm rich. I've become well. He said, I have need of nothing. Interpretation, I don't need God. But you do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. Oh, help us, Lord. 
I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire that you may be really rich, white garments that you may be clothed, that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed, and anoint your eyes with eye salve that you may see. God's wanting the church to see a vision. God's wanting the church to wake up and see what's really going on in this country. Amen. As many as I love, I rebuke uh, and chasten. Therefore, be zealous and, and repent. Amen. Verse 20 says, Behold, behold, I stand at the door and knock. And I'm knocking if anyone hears my voice and opens the door. Apparently, some aren't hearing. If you can't hear, you're certainly not going to open. I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. <laughs> come on, that's, that's a good praise break right there. Amen. To him who overcomes. There's an overcoming that the church needs to do. Hallelujah. You've got to open the door. There's a requirement on you. You have to push through. You have to get through. You have to open the door. He's knocking, but it's not enough to hear it. You need to push through. You need to go. Oh, somebody praise him. And if you overcome, I will grant to sit with me on my throne. Sit with him on his throne. He's not just talking about heaven. He's talking right now. As I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. One more verse. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. God, there's a presence in this place. Every door has a key. Say, I need a key. Revelation 3, oh, I'm sorry, chapter 4. And, and understand, originally, chapters and verses weren't in there. Chapters and verses were added later. So that's the last verse of chapter 3. He who has an ear, let him hear what the church, what the Spirit says to the churches. Remember, he says, I'm standing at the door, and I'm knocking, right? Doesn't that mean the door's closed, right? You don't knock at an open door. He's knocking at a closed door. Everybody got that? The very next verse, chapter 4, verse 1, says this. After this, I looked, and behold, a door was open. In heaven, and the first voice which I heard was as it were of a trumpet. Can you imagine opening that door and there's a trumpet in your face? Dun, 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 dun. And they start banging on the door, banging. I thought, oh my God. And your first thought is, oh my God, because you see, then the doorknob starts moving, right? You're like, because you can hear the doorknob. They're, they're, they're wanting to come into my room. And at first you go, ah! And then you realize, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Because I could hear them open the door, but they opened their door. Then there was another door without a handle on it. That was my door. And my door was locked. Can I get an amen? They could bang on that door all they want, but uh, it may keep me up at night, but they ain't coming in unless I let them in. 
No devil's coming in unless you let him in. Amen. Some of you like to sleep with the door open. That's dumb. Quit opening doors to satanic junk. Quit bringing things into your house that are doorways to hell, that are stairways to hell. It's time to close the doors. Hallelujah. It's time to close those doors and open the doors to heaven. Amen. Preacher, will that send me to hell? Are you even asking that question? Really? That's like your husband saying, how many times can I cheat and you still stay with me? Be faithful or not. If you're asking, if you're wondering what's, if you could do this and go to hell, something's wrong with your thinking. You should be asking, how can I get closer to my heavenly Father? You should be asking, what can I do to get closer, not what can I get away with? Two doors. Two doors. He's knocking on your door because it's closed. His door is open. He opened his side of the two rooms. Now you just need to open your side. The door is open. It's time to step through. Every door has a key. Revelation chapter 3, verse 7. And to the angel of the church of Philadelphia, right? We were back there. These things says he is holy, who is true, who has the key. The key is the key of David. Not the key of C, the key of David. But actually, when we say the key of David, we're really talking about worship. Matthew chapter 16, verse 13. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, uh, my ancestors, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I? That I want, if Jesus came back, I think he'd go from church to church to church and say, Who do you really think I am? He's asking Christian people, who do you, th- uh, everything depends on who you really think Jesus is. In fact, the definition of a cult, is, it, it, uh, an organization becomes a cult when they distort Jesus, that then they become a cult. Okay, next verse. So they said, they said, which I don't care what they say. Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. That, that's, that's what they say. He said to them, but who do, who do you say? Who do you say, wow, that I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. You are the Christ. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah. Notice he's not, he's calling him by his natural name. Simon Bar-Jonah, son of Jonah. Remember, Jonah was the one that the whale ate. Simon Bar-Jonah. For, see, see, he comes at him as your, your identity, first of all, is you are son of Jonah. That's, his, that's who he is, but he's about to change who he is. God would love to change who you are, <laughs> give you a whole different name, amen. He said, flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven, uh, yeah, revealed this to you. And also I say to you that you are now Peter. Wow, what? Can you imagine Simon sitting there like, 
Oh, I just had a name change. You're Peter. And on this rock, Peter's not the rock. This revelation is the rock. God's not going to build anything on a person. On this rock, we could put a capital R. The rock is Jesus. The, The rock is our understanding of who Jesus is. Once you understand that he's the king of kings and lord of lords, everything changes. When you understand that he has the key of David and he's your older brother, everything changes. Amen. we got to know who Jesus is. Give him glory. I'm building my church on that. And the gates of hell shall not prevail. Some people say, well, that means hell can't. No, it has nothing to do with hell. Have you ever been attacked by a gate? Gates don't attack anything. Gates prevent an attack. He's saying, if we're going to go raid hell... The gates of hell will not prevail. Think of the gates of a city. If you can get through the gates of a city, you got the city. If you can get through the door, you've got heaven. The devil's camping out in front of the door to your next blessing, but the gates of hell will not prevail. We're pushing through. We're going through. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, my God, my God, my God, my God, my God. Hallelujah. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth, wow, will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Isaiah 22, then it shall be in that day that I will call my servant Eliakim, the son of Hilkiah, And I will clothe him with your robe and strengthen him with your belt. And I will commit your responsibility into his hand. Watch that. And he he shall be a father to the inhabitants of Jerusalem and to the house of Judah. Verse 22. The key of the house of David I will lay on his shoulders. Shoulders always represent government. So he shall open and no one shall shut. Oh, that sounds familiar. And he shall shut and no one shall open. Now, I don't have time to get into all the background of this, but basically there was a shift in the government going on because the guy that was over it was corrupt. Go back a verse. And God's saying, I'm going to take his robe and give it to Eliakim. I'm going to take his belt and give it to you. I'm going to take his responsibility and give it to you. And he's going to be a father in Israel. And I'm, next verse, and I'm going to give him the key to the house of David. This man was the, basically the number two guy in Israel right under David. And that number two guy had the key to the treasury and the key to all the storehouses. He had the key to everything that belonged to the kingdom. But watch this. The man that was over it was found unfaithful. There's a shift going on in the body of Christ. 
and the unfaithful church is being disrobed. It's being taken away. The key is being taken away, and it's given it to the faithful church in the last days. Amen. The key of the house of David. Now watch this. Oh, my God, my God. See, the old guy's name was Shebna, and basically Shebna was full of himself. He was demoted, and Eliakim was promoted. We are in a time of transition. Number one, key holders are servants. That's why he took it away from Shibna. Because <laughs> he had ceased being a servant, and he was enriching himself. Number two, key holders wear special garments. He's changing the garments of the church so that now we wear official garments of the kingdom. Oh, my God. Remember, remember the wedding feast thing? Remember everyone was one poor beggars, and, and they all had wedding garments. And I thought, where do these poor people get wedding garments from? And bigger question, why does that one guy not have a wedding garment on, right? Well, it was the responsibility of the groom's father to just get, if you were invited to a wedding, they dressed you. They, so it was the responsibility of the father of the groom, who's that? God the Father. Big revelation there, right? Jesus is the groom. And it was his responsibility to give everyone at the bank. Listen, you don't have to earn a garment. You just need to ask for forgiveness, and you're given a garment. Holiness is not something you do. It's what you are. He has declared you holy. Now, some of you all need to start acting like it. But he, he, he gives us a garment, and one guy said, Nah, I just like my old beggar clothes. Someone said, I just don't like dressing up for these occasions. I'm just going to be who I am. Well, guess what? Who you are is stained by sin, and who you are is not allowed in the kingdom. Amen. You need to get the sin out of your life. Get a new garment on, and then you come into the kingdom. Amen. It's number three. Key holders are royalty. He's not giving you a key to a closet. He's giving you the keys to the kingdom. This, this door is for everybody, everybody. And you have access to the throne room, to the treasure house. The keys are to the keys of the kingdom. It's the key to the kingdom. Psalms 100 and verse 4. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Key. What did I say? The key, the key is worship. You're not getting in until you bow down. This door has this door is a Dutch door. <laughs> you gotta bow down. Enter his gates. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Thank you for saving my family. Thank you for this job. Thank you for your blessings. Thank you for this church. I just thank you. That's going to, oh, here's a key. Here's a key. I'm giving it to thankful people. Amen. And then go into his courts with praise. Oh, God, you're a mighty God. You're a big God. You can do all things, and you do all things well. My God is a big God. Oh, somebody. The door that the key fits, it doesn't, it's not good enough to just have a key that you don't know what it belongs to. You got to know what it, where it fits. The door, the actual door, John 10, 
Right? Most assuredly, I say to you, who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, climbs up some other way. Let's entertain them to heaven. Ain't going to work. The same as a thief and a robber. Oh, I'm going to get to that in a minute. But he who enters by the... Okay, next verse. To him the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his... He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. He who brings out his own sheep, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his... Verse 5, yet they will by no means follow a stranger. Right, next verse. Jesus used this illustration, but they did not understand the things which he spoke to them. Some people say, God, Jesus spoke in parables so people would understand him. No, he didn't. He spoke in parables so they wouldn't understand. Not everyone is privileged to understand. I say to you, I say to you, I am the door. You got the key, and Jesus is the door. Anybody love Jesus? Jump ahead to verse 10, and you know this. You know this. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and destroy. I've come that they may have life and they may have it more abundantly. This morning, actually in the middle of the night, I got an instant message. One of the ladies went with us to Alaska, her and her daughter, and I think it was at the airport. Someone came up behind her and snatched her purse off of her. And, and everything was in it was stolen. And she, her thing, everyone has a thing when you go on a trip. Her thing was getting postcards. And I don't know if it's true. Your daughter, I don't know if you're joking with it or not. You don't think it was that many? It's several. It was a couple hundred at least. But anyway, she had all these postcards from everywhere. She was collecting them. All those were stolen. Credit card was taken and all that stuff was stolen. But anyway, and she's fine. You know, she's, she's fine. You know, Terry's tough. She's fine. But you know what? The Spirit of the Lord just quickened me. He said, the enemy's trying to steal from your church. There's a spirit of theft. He's trying to steal from your family, from your finances, from your joy, from your marriage. It's a trick of the enemy. We need to quit fighting each other and start realizing it's the devil that's trying to steal from us. Oh, I just, un- I just uncovered something if you'll get a hold of it. If you'll start realizing what's going on here. The enemy has come to steal. The enemy has come to steal. He's going to try it. Listen, it's a wake-up call. It's not an if. He's going to try to do it. So if you know someone's trying to break in your house, what do you do? Lock the door. Some of you, not only do you not lock the door, you leave them wide open. Just any old thing, just let anything wander in and out. We need to start locking the doors to the enemy and unlocking the doors to him. Boy, I wish I, could get, I wish I had more time on this stealing thing. I feel this very strong in my spirit. The enemy has come to steal from you. I, I mean, more than normal, something's going on in the body of Christ. He realizes if he can steal key things from you, Some of you will lose your joy. Some of you will get aggravated. Some of you will give up. Some of you will turn your back. Some of you will blame someone else. Some of you will get angry. Some of you will get resentful. Some of you will just feel like you're lost. 
Come on now, come on now. He's trying to steal my voice even, but that, you know, he's trying to steal. Listen, get it in your spirit. Understand, I'm not trying, not prophesying something bad. I'm, I'm just telling you the truth. That's his job. That's his job description. And he's trying, he's really working on our church right now to steal and destroy. Remnants of that hurricane are supposed to come right over Ohio. It's not going to be, you know, just a lot of rain probably, but it's a sign. Oh, my God, he's in this house. The last door. Can I, can I speak prophetically? The last door will be the eastern gate. The eastern gate. The gate is just below the golden, golden dome. That's, that's the gate. That eastern gate, and there's only one on the east... The, Listen, the other three sides had a lot of gates uh, in, in Roman times because, you see, there's a valley there. There's a dip. Right below that gate, it drops off precipitously, and there's a valley. And as I looked at it, it's like a four-lane highway in the valley. And then, it's, then it comes up again, and on the other side is the Mount of Olives. That's where Jesus' toe was going to come down and split. I was standing right where the toe was going to come down. And as I stood there on the near side of this, that's the Mount of Olives where all, that, where all those trees are. And by the way, some of those olive trees are, are, they think, I don't know, they commercialize everything over there, but they think that one tree might have been there when Jesus was there 2,000 years ago. I, I just, I just kind of touched the tree in case Jesus touched it. That was cool. But we stood on the Mount of Olives and as you look towards the dome, you see the gate. And it's been cemented shut since 1541. The Muslims, the Muslims closed that gate. And it's been closed for 500 years. And in front of it is a Muslim cemetery. Because according to Jewish tradition, the high priest or the Messiah, can't walk through a cemetery. So they put dead bodies in front of the gate, thinking that'll stop Jesus from walking through the gate. But he is the resurrection. He'll raise them all from the dead and just walk out there. The original gate is actually under that underground because it was built up over years. And no one really knew for sure where the original gate was until a Christian archaeologist back during the Six-Day War, back in the 60s, he was walking in front of that gate, and the, a couple days before they had had a heavy, heavy, heavy rain. And as he was walking in front of that gate, the ground gave, because there's all graves, on it, and he fell into a mass grave. He fell about 8, 10 feet right in front of that gate. And when he fell in that hole and he looked up, there were bones all around, but he looked up and there was the original gate. What did he say? He's going to split the mountain? And the original gate looks just like that one, the same arches and everything. Right underneath it is the original. 
oh my God, this is powerful. He's going to split the eastern gate. I don't know what he's going to do. He's just going to go boom, and that thing's going to fly open. And he's just going to fly from the Mount of Olives into that, right to that gate you're looking at, right that very gate. And he's going to walk through that gate into Jerusalem. 